0: I could hardly wait to deliver today's episode to you, Soul Fam. It is a revolutionary one that will redefine what beauty is to you. Beauty in your life, yourself, your physicality, redefining what beautiful is in all ways. So welcome to Ceremony Circle Podcast. I am your host, Shaman and Author, Allison Charles. And today's guest is a holistic beauty artist. And that is holistic with a WH in front of it. She has done the cover of Vogue magazine, Vanity Fair, Elle. She's worked with A-listers at the Golden Globes and much more, but it definitely was not always that glamorous for Jenna Anton. Jenna actually grew up in a cult, but today she shares very openly and honestly about what that was like And how her dad wasn't around, her mom struggled severely with addictions. So how in the world did Jenna pivot out of a cult, out of homelessness, and much more at just the age of 12? You will have to dive in fully to the episode to find out. Needless to say, Jenna is very inspirational. I cannot wait for you to hear her share about her very unique Pattern that developed in her as a child that she was finally able to transcend and gain liberation from. Just a couple of years ago in her 40s. So that was a journey of transcendence that spanned, you know, 30 plus years for her. And of course, we talk all things clean and green and holistic beauty. It's a convo around makeup and beauty I did not even know was possible. How we can use makeup for, not against ourselves, and not let it be a gateway drug of sorts. How to not let it dilute your unique beauty just to be accepted by the masses, how to scale back with makeup, and my favorite part, how to shift the narrative around beauty. And I can't wait for you to hear what Jenna's definitions of beauty are. They are hashtag life-changing. And how did all of that play a role in her dear friend, actress and model, Andy McDowell, breaking major beauty barriers when she recently attended the Cannes Film Festival? And as with every Ceremony Circle podcast episode, we close the circle in a ritual of sorts. And today, Jenna guides us into a unique and powerful form of mirror work. So grab a mirror now if you want, and get ready to see a whole new vantage point on this earth life with Jenna Anton. I'm so honored to be sitting here with you today, sister so great to have you. And even though I just met you a couple of months ago, I feel our connection is a a deep rooted one. And so I'm so grateful to have you here because I know
1: you have so much wisdom to share. Thank you. Yes, we are new to each other, but we have this old familiarness, Mm -hmm. which um, I love. I I get that often. People are like, you're so familiar to me. I'm in different locations every day. And so, and I never forget a face just due to what I do. And I used to take that as like like I looked ordinary or something. And what I come to realize is the familiarness is this, this sense of home that I am able to create that comes naturally. So thank you for that, reflecting that back. And now we get to just... Um, go deeper and learn like all the little idiosyncrasies and those other fun details that come out organically over time. But um, I'm so honored and grateful to be here sitting with you and sharing space, having this conversation that is so dear to my heart. Of course, yeah, I knew the second I met you, I was like,
0: oh, wow. I, I go by, it's a very distinct feeling. Can't even put a human word to what that feeling is, but it's just a knowingness when I meet someone or become aware of someone and I just know that I'm supposed to have them on ceremony circle. It's just a clear ceremony circle knowing. And I had that the day that I met you. And I know that you have had a really, in my opinion, extra unique incredible life that's very rich in terms of experiences on the full spectrum of earthly, human, uh, and also spiritual being possibilities. And you've also had this career that has spanned many, many years. I think in this particular industry that we're going to be diving into, it's been about 25 years that you've been in it. Yes, And uh, so I know we have a lot of ground to cover, but I just... Want to honor you for the space that you're able to hold and the embodiment that I picked up on right away because that's another vital thing that I tune into in terms of guests because I do feel I have a big responsibility being the host of a podcast because we go deep and we get into various rituals and ceremonies and a lot of transmissions are shared. And so I do extra diligence to make sure that the people that I'm bringing on are people whose transmissions, you know, are are safe to be shared. And, you know, especially with the healing sessions at the end, and you really have that and from the time I met you, I could tell uh, that you have put in a lot of work. And yes, so I will just uh, leave it at that. But I can tell that you have walked the path very deeply and
1: intentionally. Thank you. I receive all, all of that. Mm. And um, yeah, it's been a, a rich, beautiful, deep, really, really just a beautiful journey here thus far. I'm 49 turning 50 this year and I just feel so grateful for my life and for my insight and for my experiences and and happy to share any wisdom and insight when it comes to what I've learned personally about beauty and what I've experienced and witnessed. And um, I really do feel it's my my responsibility to step forward now and, and um, speak deeper into this very layered subject. So thank you for holding the space and Mm. so much deeper than, than makeup.
0: Exactly. Yeah, I know. And that's why I'm so excited to have this conversation because the way that beauty and the old paradigm way of thinking and the old narratives and just some of the older, more outdated ways that the media portrays beauty, it is, it's just so surface and so, Basic, But I love paradigm shifters. I tend to have a lot of them get gravitated into my my sphere in life. And you're another one of those that's helping to redefine what beauty is and means and how we can work with it. And so I, I definitely, I know we're going to get into all of that, but I thought it could be nice if we give our beautiful soul fam sitting in circle with us today, a little bit of context and backstory so that they too can start to feel and understand and lean into all of the layers and places that you have walked, that you have faced, that you have felt the big fires around and continued to transmute and do all of the necessary work around. Because you mentioned a a moment ago that you feel so blessed and you know you are so blessed and you've had such a blessed life, yet Not everyone who had the childhood or previous life experiences that you have had carries that same outlook. So I think it will be of great service and you reflecting back in your journey to really hold that space of um, empowerment and Phoenix rising and self-worth uh, especially when all the odds seemingly seem to be stacked against you. So let's go back to that childhood. And I said that in my opinion, it's extra unique because it's not every day that you meet someone who had an upbringing and a cult and that was the situation for you. So I'll let you kind of go with whatever is percolating up in your being. Maybe we can start with what age you and your mom transitioned into that type of lifestyle. And I was also so curious at what point or did you ever know while being in this cult that it was a cult at the time and all of all of that
1: yes yes i'll try to keep it concise because it's a really juicy deep story with lots of layers but the the gist of it is my mother which i came to know later was an addict before me and chose to, was not planning on having me. Divine Spirit came in via the owl. Really? Yes, which we'll share. I can I can share at four months when she was fully planning to abort me and, and really told her to have this baby. So I was coming through. So there was the first two years and she kept me alive. She did great. She breastfed me, made all my own food. She was a hippie. I was born in 1971, Northern California. And then she started to slip back into her old ways of addiction and drinking. And I think she wrapped a truck around a tree I was six months old, but I lived.
0: Hmm. So you were already at not even one year old, tra- experiencing and transcending a lot. You were already in a in a car wreck at that
1: age. Oh yeah. Oh okay. yeah. I remember being born. I remember like the whole yeah the whole the whole bit. So I was coming through this woman, and so I've always known in my heart that she's just my biggest, beautiful teacher. And she's divine in her in her actions, even though as a child, I didn't really understand it at that time. But there was something within her that knew that she couldn't care for me on her own. And so she found this group of people, aka the cult in Northern California, that became my family. And they took care of us. They fed me. They clothed me. They paid for our rent. And I did know as I as I as I started to grow, obviously, two is quite young, but three and four. And I I knew that there was a bit of brainwashing happening. And I knew that, well, I guess I just have to be here until I'm 18 where I can make my own decisions and leave and experience the world. Yes, I knew it was a cult because they were really working on the separation from the world. Everything, everybody was a sinner and everybody was bad. And So it'd be dangerous to associate with yes, the outside world? Yes. No music, no television, no No nothing worldly, they called it. But how
0: did you, what do you think that piece was inside of you that was able to have that level of conscious awareness at such, such a young age? Because I, I don't know that every child would
1: would be at that same place. I'm an old soul and I'd been here before and I had a knowing about me. I was always the mother to my mother, and the circumstances robbed me of my childhood. I'm, I'm making up for that now. But I just knew that the brunt of my work was going to happen then, and I just had to take everything that I innately knew within me. And obviously, I, I wasn't in control where I could leave on my own. And ultimately, they really did care for me and kept me safe. You know, instead of waiting until I was 18, my mom decided to leave when I was 12. So now I'm, I'm able to exit this place and really experience the world firsthand, which was scary initially because now this, I'm leaving my, the comfort of the safe zone. At 12? At 12. Wow. And, and I didn't see that coming. I was like, well, I guess I just have to be here until I was 18. I did know it was a cult. I did not believe what they preached. And I, I, I don't know besides to say that I just I knew that that wasn't the truth.
0: And what a saving grace because you could tune into what nourishment that the cult provided that felt healthy. And because you had that conscious awareness, you could then not receive what they were trying to share that did not feel healthy. I mean, it's kind of... I guess a perfect way of operating in a cult if there, if there
1: is one, right? Yeah. I had this level of discernment that I was able to kind of separate that. And even more so recently in my years and with plant medicine, did I really have such an appreciation for the space that they held me versus like, you know, yeah, I grew up in a cult and, you know, like they're bad or I may mean, I never really talked bad about them, but a true appreciation that thank God. I was there. Right, and and even just the
0: way, you know, that your mom brought you into the space, it was a it was from a place of love it seems, because she, as you mentioned, didn't fully trust herself to care for you, and so I mean, at the time, that's probably the wisest decision she could make was to bring you into a community where you could be watched
1: after and provided love when she couldn't. Absolutely. And I'm so grateful for that. I really learned about community and the value of community and that we're all brothers and sisters. And it doesn't have to be your family. I come from no family at all as far as blood. And so I really got to really practice that and experience that. And so I've taken the good and I've left the bad and I wouldn't change a thing. And then at 12, I was thrust into the world and I was like, wait, this is what I've always wanted. Oh, shit. Wow.
0: And yeah, so at 12 years old, if you have exited from that previous community, what does that even look like? Where did you go?
1: Well, I actually stayed for a few months because I was like, I was then scared. And she, of course, I could leave and never go back and go with her. But I started to, and I was still staying with her, but friends would pick me up and bring me to church. And so I, I saw a real shift in her instantly. She started to drink which I had never experienced. She started to take drugs, which I had never experienced. This was a whole previous life before me that she chose to let go of to ultimately have me and then raise me. And then this was also part of the, the cult. There's no drugs, of course. And so she reverted back to a human that I had never experienced before. So that was scary for me. You know, I had experienced her as a child as a very sad, depressed—what we call now mental illness—even though she wasn't diagnosed. And and so now she's, for the first time, she's happy and laughing, very manic. She's drinking, smoking. She's offering me drugs. She's offering me cocaine and marijuana. And so it was a total 180, like a matter of a very, very short time. So as much as I'd always dreamed of like exiting, going out into the world and experiencing, she instantly showed me the darkness of it, which is also a gift because I I never had that like initial need of like, oh, I need to go experience the world in that way. And so I stayed with her for a bit, but it got to a point where I really wasn't safe. And now I'm entering high school. I'm 12, 13 freshman year and and it starts to get very unsafe. And so I I pretty quickly turned myself in to my counselor because I knew that they would do something about it. And that day they took me out of, the, out of the home, put me in kind of like a middle middle home uh, while they were putting me into the system and ultimately I went into the foster care system which I stayed until the day I turned 17. So I was I went from that to this. Hmm. And So,
0: okay, two things that just came in that I'm curious about. What was your mom's reaction and how did you feel inside? Again, you're operating from that place of really deep self-trust that you innately had at such a young age, which, wow, sometimes it takes people an entire lifetime or many lifetimes to get to a place of self-trust, but mm-hmm. you were dialed into that since the day you incarnated. So I'm curious the feelings you had that day that you went into the office
1: and then um, did what did your mom have to say about sure. I love that you name it self-trust. I called it survival. (laughs) And I I think I I that there is an innateness within all of us that when we have to survive, something else comes forward. And so I had whatever tools those were to really be a survivor early, early age from the time I was born. But I also believe I chose it. You know, I have had to work from from going from survivor to thriving, you know, because there is a separate like you can just live your whole life as a survivor. And I didn't want to do that. And we'll get into that. But um, she acted angry and like, well, she played the victim really when, you know, when I when I chose to leave. I, um, I felt like I was going to not necessarily I didn't have these dreams or expectations that I would get adopted or I would go into this loving family and you know they would just love me. I just felt like it was just going to be a safer a safer place to be so that I could go to high school and for me I was always getting to the point where I can make my own decisions, which would be at the age of 17 when I got emancipated.
0: And were those foster families you went into, were they
1: a bit safer? And were they They okay? They were safer. They were fine. They weren't great, but they were safer. And so again, I just had to find love outside of myself and create friends and family. And, you know, so I've always had these beautiful families and people who would just kind of adopt me and, and love me. And mm. so I got it from other places. But yeah. And then I, I did everything I could set myself up. So the day I turned 17, I could emancipate myself in the system. You can emancipate yourself a year earlier than 18 years old. So then I was fully, you know, could do whatever I wanted to. And did that look like you had saved money? Yes, I saved you... money. I'd already bought my car. I'd started work the day I turned 14.
0: Oh, wow. Where, where were you working? In yeah, 14?
1: Long John Silver's. Oh,
0: my God. <laughs> Do you know it? I, of course, come from the Midwest. There's Long John Silvers over there. Yeah. Well, it
1: was so good. But I was the cook, the chef, the cleaner, the prepper. And my foster brother, he was the manager. So he got me in early. You actually legally aren't ready to work or allowed to work until you're 15. And um, I started the day I turned 14. So for me, I was just still in survival mode. Like, Go to school, get good grades, work, save your money, get a car. Like like it was always in this, like, you know, I'll be free when I'm 17 and I can really Mm. choose. But that's also when makeup came into play was as I exited the church and into the world where I had no rules anymore. I went from having all of these rules and guidelines to absolutely no rules, like no curfews. I could wear whatever I want so in the church, we were not allowed to, you know, we wore long dresses, uh, covered our skin completely, never cut our hair. It's interesting. I've kind of reverted back to those days. I'm actually most comfortable with long hair, long dresses. <laughs> it does suit. It suits you. It's a good look. Oh, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> but as a child, I wanted. I used to get made fun of. I wanted to wear pants. I wanted to show my skin, show my and body. And so, did you go to a public school? Were you guys allowed to do that? We weren't actually. So I actually didn't go to school until the church built one, and I was around eight. So I would go to work with my mom and she had a variety of different jobs. But one was like a health food store, which I loved. So... That was one of my early days and probably my first encounter with natural beauty products too. So, okay. I see
0: how it's like gently. Yeah. There's a little thread. Okay. Yes. And so when, yeah, when did it start to expand a little bit more? Because when I was doing some research, I saw that you had shared that makeup started to, but you
1: said you were very shy when you were young. I still am a little bit, but I'm, and it's, I'm so much better. And it's also because uh, in the church, we weren't allowed to use our voice. were told to be quiet, to sit, to not speak. And so I grew up with that already. And then I had super crooked teeth that I never got braces for because she couldn't afford it. And not until I went to court when I was in the system, when I went into foster care, I went to court for two years, like pleading my case, like, please get me braces. Yeah. So there was an element of shyness and not having my voice. And that's really where makeup came in and saved my life. And that brings
0: up something. And of course, go into this to the level that you feel comfortable with. But when you had shared with me when we first met, just talking sparked that memory of the story of how you weren't ever able to cry and express emotions. Is that
1: correct? Correct. I would say until I turned 42, which is about uh, seven years ago. And that, that I made up on my own. My mother was in breakdown all the time. So her crying wasn't crying wasn't this vulnerable authentic that her crying was uh, you know from my experience and she was a victim she was super just in her own experience and so I just saw it as a as an element of weakness and so I really I really just told myself I got to be strong I got to be tough I got to be you know all of these things and everything I did was to do in opposition to how I witnessed her
0: And I think this is so important that we're kind of I know we're weaving a web here, but I think all of these dots are so important to touch on because it allows us to understand the gravity of all the work that you've had to put in. Because anyone that lived the first 42 years of their life from an understandable belief that you got into it as a young child to not ever cry to live that way for 42 years. I can't wait till we get in the place in our our chat today where you're sharing with us some of the steps and healing work you did just around that one piece. Mm -hmm. You know, how you started to unlock that and open up your ability to let yourself feel and let those healing waters move from your eyes for the first
1: time. Like, that's going to be purification, healing right there, like a real physical healing. And when I do cry now and people either try to wipe them away or console me, I'm like, no, I earn these tears. Let Mm. them run there. They're purifying my soul. They're healing my skin. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity just to feel emotion. And because of that, now I can feel so much more joy and happiness.
0: And so in the first 42 years before you cried, Did you let yourself feel that you just wouldn't
1: let yourself cry over your feelings or was there a suppression of feelings as well? Yeah, total shutdown. I had and I knew it would be in there and I would feel it it would come out sideways. I'd have to watch a movie or I would go into, I think what my survival mechanism is, is like this freeze mode and like my self-soothing didn't come in the form of tears. It came in like kind of like a real quiet reversal of, you know, getting really small and I can kind of just go into this numb kind of sense. I just, I just never, I think I either didn't put myself in positions to really feel that. And then I just knew that like I started to see stuff come out sideways. I was like, I get to address this. This can't be healthy.
0: What's one example of the sideways expression?
1: Yeah, instead of um I could be in a conflict or a conversation with somebody I would just leave, I would just leave. Okay. Okay. I would never. Yeah, it it showed up in so many ways. I just it would just kind of and people would it would piss people off more cuz I would kind of just get into this numb and I couldn't even say anything. I couldn't find my words and I would almost just look like a I would feel like a robot almost like this really heartless kind of human and I know that's not who I was and so I was really excited to kind of dig deep within that and be like, let's, let's ex- excavate that and like really get into the root of that. And, you know, by the time I reached 42, I was ready to do so. And there was different things that presented themselves for me to, to kind of go through and a safe space to do so and to be witness and to witness myself. And I'm, I'm so grateful for that. And I feel like a late bloomer uh, of such, but I think that I kind of started off my life so In this kind of reverse area where I was kind of being responsible and doing all that. So there is this element of me really just tapping into myself as a child and all of the things that I just was never, there was no opportunity for, nor did I have the um, opportunity to learn, you know, these innate things within us, which as a child, you know, you cry and it's okay to cry. You're like encouraged to cry or, you know, get in and then you're fine think I just had to experience that I could cry and that I would be fine. And a big part of it was, this was the big story. My mother does have, uh, she suffers from mental illness and addiction to this day, love her so much. And I felt that if I pushed myself too far to the point of crying and, and to the point of breakdown, that something would shift in my brain and I would become mental. And so I never really kind of pushed myself beyond my limits until I was ready to let go of that story. And then I did. And then I faced the breakdown. I remember sitting in front of my mirror when I was having a full breakdown and just watching myself cry. I'd never seen myself or felt it. It was so beautiful. And I just watched it. And I was almost outside myself, but, all, I, but I allowed it. And then afterwards, I felt so cleansed and free and purified. And I was fine. Nothing, nothing shifted. I didn't. So I got to let go of that story. So that was the real big fear of... of really feeling emotions that maybe Mm. I'm just like her. So I've let that go. So not the truth. And that is her journey and, and for me to witness and to learn. Wow. That's so powerful.
0: And before we pivot away from this particular category, I'm really curious. And again, you know, for the brothers and sisters sitting with us that can relate perhaps to what you're sharing in their own way, there might be curiosity around like, How did you know that you had arrived to that place where you were at soul readiness and human readiness to lean in and have that moment where you cried for the first time? How did you know? And was there any particular healing or spiritual modality or practice that you had done leading up that you attribute to you getting to that place of readiness, do you think?
1: Yeah. Very clear. So I consider myself a spiritual being. I think I really learned that as, as an early age, but I didn't necessarily go deep into that throughout my life. When I realized I was looking in the mirror and I realized I had accomplished everything, my life was great. I had created success. I had great friends. I lived in a great home. I, I was a part of a great community. I had all of the things. And there was still this, this kind of just the sadness that I hadn't faced and hadn't addressed. And I, up until then in, in relationship, I had just walked away from all relationship versus facing them and being in conflict and really um, getting feedback. And I had I'd lost a best friend at that time and I would acted out in a way that I was not proud of and wasn't me, like the, the true soul of who I am. Something else was acting out and I'd I'd, I'd lost this friendship and I said, I can either continue to be right about that or I can really face this once and for all walk towards this, you know, ask her for my forgiveness and really dive deep into what had me act out sideways in this moment. Cause I love this person and I would never intentionally hurt them, but what was it in me? So that was kind of the pivotal moment. And at that point I was like, okay, I'm ready to go deep. And um, I spoke, I've always prayed to an extent. And I said, you know, God, spirits, I'm ready to do the work. So, please present something to me and I think that weekend I was on a on a road trip with a friend and we we're going and it just happened then and I uh, it was a real opportunity to dive into personal development and really take time. I'd done all the other work, right? I'd done the career, I'd done this, but like I'd really never given this any any amount of time or or attention to my personal development and and I'd always been told throughout my life you're going to need therapy, you're going to need this you know, you're, you know, and I was like, I'm fi- I'm fine. I feel. Or, or did you ever have the thought of like, like, are you effing kidding me? Like I've come from
0: being homeless in a cult, ha- you know, facing addiction issues. Like, trust me,
1: I got this almost like a little bit of a
0: defensiveness.
1: Oh, absolutely. And also I'm like, I don't want to sit with a therapist and pay her all this money to go over what I've already like gone over with my friends. And, you know, I've evolved from and understand and I, I have an appreciation for. Yeah. But there was so much more than talk therapy. And then I start to like between plant medicine and really just diving into like a, a, an arena where that you can really dive into the old, old stuff, you know, older stuff. That's not even mine, my ancestor stuff. And so I, I found, and there's a lot of different uh, ways to do so, but I, I found something called MITT, which stands for mastery and transformational training. And that really was the pivotal space that, and I was ready And I just dove in and I have all these beautiful exercises where I could really experience and witness myself and be witnessed, which was a huge, huge piece of it because I'd always been I've been doing this journey alone since I can remember. That's been my story. And so that's I really wanted to kind of dive into that. And I was able to and then Ayahuasca came into play very shortly after. How did she call to you? she just kept showing up and it was a calling the first time i did it was so divine and it was on my 44th birthday and it was with a sister who died shortly after and she was coming at it from a different point and i had just met her and she was healing herself from you know her fourth time of cancer and mm. yeah so i did it on my 44th birthday everything just lined up It's been a medium of healing that I've utilized maybe once a year since then that I'm called to. And then I kind of take the year to integrate, but it's been so powerful in my healing, Mm -hmm. so powerful for my relationship with my mother and myself and just Mm -hmm. the world. And I feel like I just do lifetimes of healing in those six hours and really grateful for it. And I integrate it though. I don't, I don't go back and be like, I need another fix. You know, I'm, I'm really like the real work happens on the integration piece and, but the the awareness is shown there the clarity the mm-hmm. all of the masks that are dropped and you know I've been wearing masks my whole life makeup being one of them to really like let go and just to be one with my soul and one with myself feels so good and so like it feels that's that's the home that I'm always going back to and and looking to go back to and I really want to help other women and men you know find their way there and I really feel like I have such insights and wisdom to do so just because of my journey on this earth and for how long I've been here and for what I've witnessed and the extremity, the extremeness of that from the homeless community that I've spent so much time with to like the most physically beautiful people in the world and doing everything makeup in for the covers of
0: Vogue. And you know, yeah, that, that, that's that wild full spectrumness that, yeah, you are so good with. And thank you for also sharing honestly about how grandmother medicine entered into your life and called to you and how you have woven and worked with that relationship um, in a very honoring, sacred way. I think it's um, always helpful to hear stories of how people are healthily answering those calls. Uh, You hit the nail on the head with the big key of the integration and taking however long is needed to Actually, you know, with all the beautiful light bulbs that go off and the illuminations that that happen and awakenings that can happen in those sacred ceremonies, yeah, the real key is from what you realized, are you actually going to embody those changes and make a true change in your walking life? Um, are you going to to really be different, or are you just going to continue sitting in ceremonies, having more realizations and Continue on basically as the same person. So I love to hear that you really take your time to land with and sit with and let all of that medicine percolate within you and keep informing you and guiding you just from that one ceremony each year. That's beautiful. Yeah.
1: I mean, the, the realizations are so clear and the tears are so in full force and so purifying and the realizations that I'm a healer and I've been healing people with my hands my whole life without even realizing it. And to turn my hands on me and heal my own face and my own beauty and to, to do that and to know that, gosh, there's just an opportunity to have so much intention with everything we do. It doesn't have to be this so superficial act of putting on makeup or whatever we're doing. Um, and so, yeah, the. The mother medicine is is a, is a beautiful, beautiful medicine. I mean, she is wise <laughs> and telling. And I just, um, yeah.
0: Absolutely. And the last little thing that I just for, again, the family sitting with us and ceremony today, uh, that I feel so important to touch on when you had said one of, or that main awareness point that you got to is that you had, become so successful in all of these areas, but you still felt a sadness, a deep sadness within you. And that took me to a phrase I coined a number of years ago, winning but lost. And I know that phrase because I experienced it too. You know, in my own version, I had all of these huge boxes checked, marked, and yet for me, it was was this um, separation, standing in between where I was and a feeling of true fulfillment And I thought, my God, that something's not adding up here. Something, there's some sort of disconnect that I really need to face because I'm, quote unquote, doing all the right things, right? And I'm achieving all of these big successes. But why do I not ever feel fulfilled? There's an issue here. If I'm doing all of this, And I don't really feel embodied with true happiness. What is going on? What's the point? What is the point? Exactly. Like life is being able to feel fulfilled as you're doing it. And and I wasn't. And so um, that's where that awareness of winning, but lost, like meaning lost inside. It's great. It's so clear and so profound. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm glad that you shared it and allowed me to remember that phrase um, because I think when when we can tune in and get really brave and, and courageous and honest with ourselves of where those disconnects are of like huh doing all of this and living this way and accomplishing this but I still feel sad I'm doing all of this but I'm still not fulfilled that that can be of course if you feel called and it resonates a, a, a perfect opportunity to have a surrender expression and be like wow okay. Unseen realm helpers and benevolent guides and allies. Um, I might need a little little support here. What am I missing? What what is in this gap? And let yourself really be guided into that place that will cease that disconnect and get you into unification with true happiness and with fulfillment.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's that it's that crossroads of that that you know. I've painted a beautiful picture, you know, and I'd mastered that at that point in so many ways. If I was being honest with myself, there was just still something missing. And so I've been on a journey since then to really discover myself and who I am and what my purpose is here and my dharma and, and why I was given the gifts that I was given. And if I'm using them and can I use them, you know, am I really sharing or am I being selfish and holding on to them? And the more I kind of dive into that and the more I continue to be in service, the more joy and fulfillment and happiness I feel authentically. And so for that, I know I'm on the right path. And then it's just a matter of kind of getting out of my own way because I still have all the things, you know, all of the, all of the things, even though I know better, I would say at this point, and it's easy for me to share that for others. And so also this work is also healing myself. So um, I'm grateful for that and for, for things to erupt in a way that gives a very clear, like choice point. Yes. Of yeah. Like I can continue to choose this or I can choose something else. I've been choosing something else, you know, since then. And um, it's led me on the, a beautiful path, and I'm sure it will continue to. so i'm I'm grateful for the awareness and for the whatever that is innate within me that has me question and know that I'm here on purpose and to be in contribution.
0: yes. and so before I, I feel like now is a really good shimmy shake way to get into all of clean beauty and makeup land. But before we officially make the pivot, I really wanted to ask you this. If you want to tune in and see if a a word drops in when I ask, if you could pick one main word for how you go from growing up in a cult Experiencing addiction and homelessness to building a career as a top notch makeup artist and the entertainment industry, and traveling and having liberation and doing all the spiritual work and being the makeup artist for Vogue covers and A listers at the Golden Globes. Like, again, honing into that full spectrum of experience that you have walked. What's a main word that you attribute for how you have done that?
1: It's just returning to
0: home. And so, With your incredible career in the makeup industry, I want to ask a very 101 question that came up as I was writing my questions for you. Is there a difference between clean beauty
1: and green beauty? Are they the same thing? Yeah, that's a great question. So I would say green beauty is the umbrella for everything else that falls underneath it, which is clean beauty eco conscious beauty sustainable beauty natural beauty all of these marketed terms and words so green i think has the the notation of nature clean is non toxic right so you can have a line um, obviously we want everything to be non toxic so clean is really the the big one and so they they they're used inter, interchangeably but i would say that green is the umbrella for which everything else falls under and I'm going to continue to really educate people on that because I think it's we're being thrown so many terms now at this point. And what do we believe? And we do know that there's a, a marketing aspect and they're allowed to put something on there, even if they've just used five percent of a natural product. And a lot of this is, oh, super tricky <laughs> as marketing always has right. been. commercials, marketing like that's. Especially you know,
0: when they know that the population is leaning toward those practices, they want to capitalize on that. Oh, let's just slide 1% of whatever in here. and We can call it
1: that. Absolutely. So know that it's a time for us to advocate for ourselves more than ever and educate ourselves. And the key thing that I would say is uh, look for transparency in all of these brands and just notice the keywords. If they don't list their ingredients, they're probably not transparent. uh, Also, if you can't really read the ingredients, it's probably not that clean. So those are just some little tricks to kind of navigate I'm here to support the process of transitioning from conventional to clean for anybody who wants to. I am I myself, st- I'm still in the education process because I never looked at ingredients before. I just trusted that if it was sold to me or if it's sold to us, whether it's at a drugstore or department department store, that it's safe and it's not the truth. And I think, you know, the veil is being lifted in every, um, every area of our life, whether it's, you know, we don't even have to get into it, but of course they they don't necessarily have our best interest in mind and it's really a time for us to advocate for that. And, and it's a beautiful time to transition from conventional clean because there's amazing brands out there who are um, really diligent and committed to creating something just as efficacious and beautiful.
0: And they're really truly in integrity.
1: Oh, absolutely. And you can feel it. You can feel it. So it's an exciting time. and. I was called to this to this line to the to pivot in this direction just a couple of years ago I was actually ready to be done with the industry because I didn't want to contribute to the the paradigm being presented that was not there when I entered the industry and the narrative that was being shown and even though you know I tried to ignore it for a while because how I operated was not from that space I would go in and be really intentional with my clients and 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 do it from a place of highlighting one's beauty versus covering or replicating or trying to create something else. And I found myself in a lot of judgment towards the industry. And so I was like, well, maybe it's time. I've had a really good run. They say people have multiple careers. I've been at it for 20 plus years now. Like, you know what? It's very comfortable. I make great money. I have great life, but I don't want this feeling of judgment anymore. And I got a very clear download that it is not time for you to quit. It is time for you to pivot. So change your medium to clean beauty. So that you can really start to have this conversation. And I was like, oh God, <laughs> that feels like a really big responsibility. And it also felt very right. And then so from that moment on, I, I started to pivot and the judgment started to go away. And what I realized was I needed to have that element of passion and judgment towards that for me to be an in inspired action. Because I'm a bit of a passive, super chill Until I really see the disruption, am I able to kind of go into action? And so I needed that. I needed what was being presented and replicated as far as this is what beauty is for me to be like, no, it's not. What are one or two things that really started to hit
0: you along the way? And again, I want to honor and commend your ability and your willingness to allow yourself over and over again and all of these different categories of life to have a level of conscious awareness. Because that is a choice and it is way easier to just keep turning blind eyes and to keep that conscious awareness field really closed off so that you can just keep going about your day and about your life and doing your thing. And <laughs> But you know, yeah, after 20 plus years to really start to see like, huh, something's off here. Hey, beautiful soul fam, I just want to take a moment to remind you that the biggest project of my entire career, my first book, Animal Power, is now available. This book is truly lifetimes in the making, and this lifetime, I worked on it for over four years. So needless to say, I am very honored and excited that it is now available to be in your home, and the homes of your friends. It's so thrilling animal power book is brimming with 100 different vibrant animal illustrations, transformative practices, and captivating stories from around the world. It is an enlightening guide to the power of the animal realm and how they bring peace, healing, and empowerment to your life. It is truly such a powerful and loving medicine book. My life was completely transformed by working with power animals and it was actually them who came to me and asked me to co-create this very book with them. And the art for each of the 100 animals is stunning and vibrant and embodied. The artist William Santiago of Brazil actually passed away at the young age of 30 right after completing the works of art held an animal power. So I want to honor and thank him for sharing his legacy within these pages. You can go and get your copy of Animal Power and a copy for your friends and family. It's available everywhere books are sold, but if you get it now at my website, which is allisoncharles.com backslash animal power, you will get a free video guided shamanic journey facilitated by me where you will meet your current power animal. It is a perfect gift, so any animal or spirituality lovers out there, you know you can grab a copy of Animal Power for them for their birthday, Halloween, Christmas, etc. So much love, SoulFam, and to all of you who have already purchased your copy, thank you with all of my heart for your support. Animal Power Book has regularly been the number one new release on Amazon. I could not be more grateful. What are a couple of those things that started to happen? Were you noticing um, ailments in your clients or just certain narratives within
1: media or what was starting to end? It was definitely the media. Myself personally, I felt like I couldn't physically see how I'd experienced the toxicness of I've been wearing makeup now since I was 12. And really let me just, let me preface this with this is not a judgment to my peers or to the industry. This is a very personal perspective and uh, experience and, I just feel like if I am feeling this, there has to be others feeling this. And so it's my kind of duty and responsibility to open this up so that I because I, I do know so much and I've experienced it. And so it was definitely the media and I felt much resistant to, to it. And really this I could I just feel the suffering within this this replication of beauty of like, wait a minute, this is just a fad. But these young girls who are growing up in it, they don't know any difference. They weren't around in the nineties when you know, it was in in style to have skinny eyebrows. And really the moms who said, don't ever tweeze your eyebrows, they're never going to grow back. And the girls who did listen are thankful. And the ones who didn't, you know, they're still dealing with, you know, with, with that on a, on a you know, on a, on a basis. They were never able to grow back. But the danger now of this replication of like, this is the ideal of beauty. It's leading, you know, and then you have the filters and you have all of this. It's leading to you know, girls putting fillers in their face and Botox and plastic surgery. And these things aren't necessary when it comes to plastic surgery, that's not reversible. So I I just, I want to alleviate a bit of suffering, even if I can do it for one girl or for one woman or for anybody who's like, has this feeling like I have to do this to be accepted and to be validated. And uh, you know, even though I don't look like this at all, like I can look like this if I do this and then, then maybe I'll be happy. Right. It's that ideal. And I'm here to tell you that is not true. It's a false narrative. I also really feel like it's some sort of worldly distraction because women are so powerful and beautiful. Like if they have us focused on this, then we're not really living our life's purpose or doing the work that we're meant to do here. And some might get to that point, like I did at a certain point, some may not. And you know, then that's that deathbed experience of like, why did I waste all my time and energy focusing and trying to be this ideal of beauty that's such false and didn't matter anyway. And it's also like not sustainable, right? This, it's like this, it's just keeps perpetuated and like, you know, I'm going to do this because and it, it really starts to, then we start to separate ourselves from seeing beauty in others too. Cause then we're kind of, you know, looking at somebody and looking at, a separate part of themselves. Because you're so used to doing that to yourself. Right, exactly. And I would experience that firsthand, and I won't name names. You know, people who have created this image, I worked with them, you know, on a 17 shoot years ago. And I walked in the room, and, and, and like, instead of being teenagers and happy to do this, they looked at me, and I was like, Hi, I'm Jenna, I'm doing your makeup today. And they were young, and, and they looked at me, and there was no smile, no joy. And they just, like, is that all your hair? And I just, like, I, my heart was broken in that moment because I was like, wow, they, they don't know any different because that's what they were raised with. But this is, this is what, you know, people are, we're just, we're breaking people apart versus the wholeness of our beauty, you know? And,
0: and so their first, just so I'm clear, their first, you know, words
1: to you were something about the length of your hair. If it was all my hair and if I didn't have extensions in, cause I have really long thick hair Oh wow! naturally. Okay. And, and, and that, that's, that they're just the generation they're speaking for how, how these girls really operate and women. So I, I really feel like it's my duty and my call to start to open up this conversation and 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 share shed truth on it.
0: It's so interesting, yeah, cuz it's already like opening up some interesting portals I'd never really thought about. So, and I did want to touch on this. And again, anything that I'm saying, I'm I'm also not judging. It's I'm just in a place of curiosity cuz makeup's never really been a huge part of my life. I I was not, I think because of my athletic upbringing and the total, my dad being my coach
1: and the total inundating obsession with my running and being the best. Which um, is actually a blessing. Yeah. It really is because then you're not using it against yourself. Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah. wouldn't change a thing about my life. I'm um, just giving a little context that, yeah, that's where all my time and energy went. But so because of that, I've always been a bit fascinated and I've also never, I I don't believe I've ever taken the time to watch a full YouTube tutorial where people do makeup, but I know there's a lot of huge influencers and bloggers that that is their entire brand. And a lot of, you know, my sister and some people I know like watch those videos. My point is I've always been so fascinated that, you know... That there are some people that every day might take an hour or two, or maybe even more, I don't know, to apply a face of makeup. And when you were saying a little bit ago about that distraction piece, especially with powerful women, how if we could just keep them fixated on the makeup part, and I'm thinking, oh my God, yeah, there's all these potent priestesses and goddesses and shamanesses out there that are maybe spending two hours of every single day putting makeup on when they could be. Doing rituals and and activating their
1: chakras and and so I had never really thought about it in that way before. Oh yeah, add up those hours, and I was one of those. And makeup really did save my life. It allowed me to transition from the cult and. The shy girl and not knowing my voice into the world and into high school and i i was one of those girls i was up you know hours before and i would spend two hours using my wet and wild dollar makeup wet and wild, wet I forgot wild about. yeah everything was 99 cents yeah. i used to wear the number 99 purple lipstick oh my god
0: i actually had one
1: of my favorite pinks
0: because i love you know i love a good hot pink lip I had a wet and wild one and I forget the
1: number, but I. Yeah. So good. So, so good. Was good. And so it's, it's slippery because as much as makeup saved my life and it really did give me this confidence and I was able to like kind of, it was my meditation in the morning and I could be like whoever I wanted to be. And so this, this element of self-expression, it's almost this gateway drug too. And then, you know, it's, it's a slippery slope because we get validated for that, right? And I was naturally good at it. And I could go in there and have this kind of false confidence until I could step into it. And then I started to find my voice and find my personality and understand who I was. And so it was so beautiful. And then it got to a point where I didn't leave the house without it. And I was defined by it. And, you know, into starting my makeup career. And then I got to a point where I was like, wow, like when I, when I, I was having the subliminal messaging every time I took my makeup off that I was less than it was really subtle
0: oh I had that question here not attaching
1: worth to and I put a blank so I'm like she's got something yeah Mm -hmm. and it was subtle right Mm. but what is the messaging that I'm saying every time I take off my makeup oh you look tired oh you don't look as pretty oh what these subliminal messages and then I got to a point where I was like We got to, we got to dive in here. Like then I cut myself off from makeup for two years Mm, and I didn't wear it. That's interesting. I didn't wear it to work. I didn't wear it to the grocery store. I didn't wear it. So even on makeup jobs. Oh yeah. Total clean face. Total clean face. How was that? That had to feel good. It was awesome. It was empowering (laughs) because I was like, I'm not going to be a slave to this or feed into this. Like I'm going back to me. I'm going back to the beginning where makeup was used for self-expression and for confidence booster Um, but not defined by, or, you know, like I'm feeling this way today. Like I'm feeling sassy. I'm going to wear a red lip or I'm feeling, you know, sultry. I'm going to put on like a smoky eye or, you know, all the original reasons why I did makeup and also how I used it. And so I really wanted to kind of clean the slate because I now had been affected by like how makeup had progressed and this idea of beauty had progressed and I had to check myself. Were you finding a lot of your clients
0: and granted, I know sometimes, especially if you're doing a magazine, Cover you're given, you know, like we want this kind of look, and so maybe the models in those cases don't have too much of a say. But in some clientele, did you notice a tendency of like, give me more, give me more, I want like more, more,
1: more? No, I never attracted those clients. I never have. Like my energy never did. I've turned down clients too, though. I I've always been. It's such an intimate exchange, um, and I've I've worked on with a few people who I feel dirty after. Or I feel pleaded and feel like, uh, you know, I just, I just don't feel good. And so I've never really attracted those Uh, people who come to me are always ones who we kind of have the same, you know, obviously models are, they're there as a muse, but just from their feedback, I get the feedback, like, thank you for not like making me look like a drag queen. Thank you. This is of recent because they don't have any say. And then they have to go out there and feel good and feel beautiful. And they don't and, and
0: sell that cover
1: and sell whatever. And they and they don't. And, you know, I, I got feedback early on from models who don't have a say. And obviously people who have like whether it's a celebrity or, um, you know, a, a super successful whatever, they um, they have a little bit more say of what they want to look like. And it's never been about more.
0: And what about that Giselle Vogue cover? I
1: mean, oh, come I have, on. I have a special story with that. Oh, because,
0: wow. I mean, I actually feel the energy of it, even just bringing it up. That makeup work was top
1: notch. So Whoa, th- pretty. Thank you so much. And just to go back to how makeup saved my life. You know, I when I finally discovered after 10 years of working and two years of doing drugs and really facing the darkness because to make sure I wasn't an addict and then really coming up from the ashes and be like, what am I going to do with my life? And makeup was the, the overriding medium that, that connected all the dots of what I'd figured. And so I was very naive and I was like, I'm going to move to New York, I'm going to get an agent and I'm going to do the cover of Vogue. I'd never been to New York, so I'd, I'd worked, I'd saved my money, I got an agent pretty quickly. I went and I had a super successful career and I, I was called back to California and I hadn't done the cover. But at that point I was like, you know what? Not meant to be. I've done other covers. That was just something that I threw out there. It doesn't really matter. I know who I am. Yes, it would be nice, but you know what? I have a super successful career. It's great. And I'm not defined by that anymore. So fast forward, I've been back in California for years. And when I pivoted to clean beauty, I put it back up on my dream list because now it had much more meaning to me. I had a new mission at mm. hand. That,
0: that new paradigm burst Yes.
1: Yeah. I was like, actually, now I want to do it because I want to highlight clean beauty and I want to prove that clean beauties can look just as beautiful as using conventional. And so I did it very subtly. It wasn't like this obvious manifestation and then I let it go.
0: That's oftentimes how it works best, FYI.
1: <laughs> so fast forward to this year, I get a call from Vogue and they would like me to do the cover with Giselle in Costa Rica and not only I mean is, like
0: hello, win win win, like location, incredible top model, and
1: the magazine. But it also was their sustainability issue, mm-hmm. so which they do once a year. So it was about sustainability and fashion and beauty. So I went and did it, and I mean, what a pro this woman is. and let me just tell you that she's one of my mentors and, Obviously, anybody who has seen her, experienced her, they know that she is physically embodied beautiful. She was born that way. But man, this woman really has taught me the true essence of what true beauty is and to really the cultivation of beauty and the really that beauty from inside and out. And she uses her platform and she just gets more and more beautiful as every day that passes. And she reflects back to me my beauty she makes everybody feel so beautiful in her presence. And that was a really, that was a really knowing thing. And
0: that's always so nice to hear. Yeah. And for those who don't know,
1: I can't pronounce her last Bundchen. name. Bunchin. She's Brazilian. Yes. And she's Giselle Bunchin. And she's, she's a, she's an angel here on earth. And she has a a, a massive gift to share. And I'm just at the point of my career that I'm only working with people that I really want to highlight their platform. So modeling has just always been a job for her and a platform. And she's really now called to use her voice more versus her face. And she's really intentional with the brands and the products that she chooses to highlight as well. And she gets, obviously she gets called every day to do all of these campaigns. And she's just at this point where it's not what it's about for her. And so she really reminds me to stay the course. We're on this very parallel course, obviously mine's at a different level um but but you know same same and but what approach she is she actually got sick that day she had food poisoning threw up on the way after i'd gotten her already it's like 6 a.m she throws up in the jungle and we give her a few minutes and i take care of her and bring her back to life and then we go shoot the cover but um never would have known that yeah (laughs) but, but it comes through though my point is she really really has taught me that beauty is the cultivation and the culmination of everything it's our it's our thoughts it's it's our kindness. It's our, it's the way we love people. It's the way we love ourselves. It's the ceremony around beauty. It's the owning of, of all of it. It's owning the aging process.
0: And amen for that, especially because again, you know, over here in the U S and I'm sure other countries as well, I'm just most familiar with how media works in the U S but yeah, we have been very brainwashed and conditioned that like men, you know, cause I know with Luke, like For those new to me in the show, Luke is my, I call him husband. We have been spiritually married, but he's legally, I guess, still my fiance at this point. Um, He's the best. Yes, he is. And, you know, he's got some, he's getting some, uh, probably due to our home renovations, a lot more gray in his uh, beard and his hair. and you know, that's really acceptable. And a lot of men, um, a lot of people view men as even getting more distinguished and and even more handsome as they get older because of some of those features coming in. But boy, is it
1: opposite for women? It it is. And I'm committed to changing that narrative. And I'm actively acting upon that because I I don't know if you've noticed, but the last kind of topical, toxic beauty um, routine that I was doing was coloring my hair. You know, when COVID came in, you know, obviously we weren't able to, and we just got to be with ourselves. And one of my clients and friends is Andy McDowell, who is a beautiful woman and has been a beauty icon since she was a teenager. And we would talk about it and I would work with her and I would really like encourage her to do it because also part of my platform is if I can, uh, if I can, if if I can influence somebody uh, of that caliber who has such a, you know, shows up and owns their beauty at every every stage and age, then I feel like that's that's part of my work and feels like part of my mission. I saw a picture recently of the can at the Cannes Film Festival
0: and she looked incredible, but was not hiding the fact that she has been aging,
1: not hiding it at all. And we decided together to come out and to like we committed to each other and no more color. She was, of course, scared whether she would get the roles or not. I said, if you own it, you're going to give so many women permission. Please do this. And I'm going to do it with you. And we're going re- to change the perspective. So no more do we have gray hair. We and men get are called silver foxes. We are now calling ourselves the foxy silvers. And it's just a perspective shift. That's all it is. And so I'm not saying that it's been easy. I'm halfway there. And I've given myself permission to go back at any time if I want to, because I did not think I would be allowing myself to go natural in my hair color at the age of 49. I just was like, maybe 60, maybe, you know. And I said, listen, Jenna, like this is what you're showing that's available for for women. Like it starts with you.
0: God, and this is this is what I'm talking about. This embodiment piece, though, and like why it's such a, an important requirement for people that I have on. It's all about, I used to preach to the choir for the first like 15 episodes. I was like, embodiment, embodiment. And like, that's exactly it, though. If you're going to yeah. be a new paradigm birther in whatever way you're meant to in your earth mission and calling, and it's really paramount to,
1: to walk the talk. So I think it's so cool. Thank you. And, you know, I, I kind of said to myself, like, you have permission to change at any point, and also what if you love it and so it's been a year and a half now i'm i'm actually starting to really like it people are validating it like acknowledging it which i don't need that but that's that that's that feels good was it scary at first? Oh, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just feed into all the insecurities of aging and da 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 da. I got my first gray hair. Um, well, silver. Maybe my first silver <laughs> silver I, highlight I got, from God. I got
0: my first God Cosmic. I got my first cosmic <laughs> silver highlight. Actually, it's probably my my second or third, but it was after we moved here to Texas and Luke and I went out to walk our dog Cookie. I I guess it was just the way my hair was parted that day. And he's quite tall. So when we went outside, he looked down and was like, huh, you've got a gray hair. And I was like, wait, what? And the funny thing was, is just that morning, for some reason, this is not a thought I have on a regular basis, but that morning I thought to myself, wow, this is pretty great that I'm 42 and I don't have any gray hair And then literally within two hours, I was outside. Luke's like, look at that gray hair. So I just thought that was so funny, the timing. But I have noticed a little bit of nervousness come up in me because we were going to, well, we still are turning in this test where you send in a bunch of your hair for them to run tests on to tell you what minerals you're deficient in and whatnot. And they need, in my opinion, way too much hair. And so he, the other last week, he lifted up um, from the nape of my neck to to cut a bunch of hair, but I kind of freaked out just feeling the cut and not knowing how much he was needing to get and then seeing this long hair. And and then he's like, oh, but we have to cut all that off because we only need the root part. And I was like, I kind of had a little mini meltdown. And I noticed the Mm. next fear that came in was I was scared that the new hair that was going to grow in was going to be silver for some reason. He's like, that's not how it works. But it's just intriguing. And I'm glad we're having this conversation because This is a newer thing that I'm being confronted with. I just think it's healthy to air it out and to, and to talk about it. um, So healthy and so needed. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: we're going to be confronted at every stage, right? And so how do we live a life where we feel beautiful at every age and every stage all the way down to the end, because we're ultimately decomposing and, you know, how can I find myself as beautiful as I find a falling dead tree? That's kind of my goal versus this kind of like in this hamster wheel and trying to, maintain or sustain this like idea of like holding on to this this youth or whatever that's not sustainable and also not fun and such a waste of time and what if I just progressively get used to it and it becomes natural mm-hmm. and I can't imagine myself any other way versus like doing all these modalities that you know go so far away so that's how it I'm choosing to move forward with, with my relationship with beauty and um, I just want to offer different ideas and ways to do that for those who are called to to that, right? Yeah. And so
0: what are like, uh, and of course it can be different for everyone, I understand, but what would be a first one or two steps if someone listening is like, you know, this has been something I've been percolating with and this is really inspiring me to scale back on how much time I'm taking to put makeup on, or maybe they have an awareness that they are, it has become a bit of a mask over the years and they want to uh, scale back from that. How can one begin that process
1: of, um, yeah, either getting cleaner, greener, or lighter with the application? Yeah, there's so many different ways. I think even just switching and doing it slowly from conventional to clean, it's an act of self-care that's super subtle. Because you're like, wait, I'm going to choose to not put toxins on my face or my skin. So that right there is already changing the vibration of how we see ourselves and how we feel. So I think that's a really easy way. If we find that we're in this like self-deprecating like loop of, you know, uh, talk, go focus out and do something for somebody else. You tend to just kind of make it all about you when you know what, there's a whole life out there. There's so much. So like go Put a love note on somebody's car or do something for somebody else mm-hmm.
0: that reminds me and stay exactly like put a little tab where you're at but it's making me laugh because i remember a while ago when some trolls were doing some cancel campaign against spiritual teachers they didn't like you know my name got listed for whatever reason uh, God bless
1: it all. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. you are doing something right. I know. <laughs> and the,
0: the irony is that like as the additional names got added, they were like all my friends who are integrity filled and body I was like, oh, we're all in this uh, hate troll cancel campaign together. Great. But Luke, it was so funny. I was sitting at my altar and sending love to the post and sending love to the woman who created it. and um, and, and it was really genuine, too. But Luke came over and he he said other really kind, loving things. But this one really made me chuckle. He goes at the end of the day, like you don't really matter this person like doesn't really matter but like and it's not as funny as i'm trying to retell no it.
1: when you're so self-focused on this when it feels like it's the only thing happening in the world yeah. when you're like what taking it so personally and then it. my husband comes over and he's like you don't really matter and i'm just like you're right you know anyways it was so funny. yeah no i think it's that kind of self like get off you know do something different do an act of self-care if it's if it's a trigger from social media like Go and take a bath and put on, or do a meditation. Like so, I think it really it's it's shifting in those moments and being a. I think awareness though is really the key. And so, just if anybody's there and they don't they don't know we're going to do something later, I think that'll bring the awareness there because it can be triggering um, to see what what your relationship truly is. And then if you're ready to kind of get a little bit more curious and dive a little bit deeper, there's so many different access points to start to shift the conversation within yourself. Because let me tell you, life is short and not always sweet, you know, spending it in joy and in happiness focused out is so much more enjoyable than this kind of inward focus, self-deprecating validation, superficial, like this, this narrative that's been, you know, that's been kind of thrown at us and brain, you know, brainwashed into our, our, our mind and I only know that it's not true because I've been around since before that time and mm. and I've I've been witnessing beauty From every spectrum, you know the extreme of it all and it really is there is no There's no overnight thing. There's no magic pill there it's, If anybody says this will erase cellulite or whatever, it's all BS um, It's just an opportunity to feed into that more and to fill their pockets more and beauty is our birthright And we're beautiful because we're born and that's it.
0: Yeah. And I have that quote right here. Uh, This is uh, something that Jenna has said before that I put in my notes. She said, beauty is our birthright. And through ceremony and rituals, nature, biohacking, food, thoughts, actions, and eco-conscious products, we will look and feel more beautiful with every passing day. I'm personally committed to embodying and sharing a deeper definition of beauty for myself and for all who are ready and curious to redefine the relationship with beauty. Amen. That Very gives me chills quote. and that comes
1: from me. Yeah. <laughs> Cause terrible. that's truth and that's what's possible. It's just really a choice. So I'm I'm calling all women and all girls and for all the men that are listening this. This is for you too, whether it's for you or to share with the women and girls in your life that you love and that you see them so clearly, like there is a different way and there is a different path. And all it takes is, you know, a bit of self-worth and self-love, choosing to to walk a different path and redefining your relationship with beauty, because not until you really kind of see yourself and feel yourself as beautiful, I think, can you really experience true joy and happiness and peace and and live this life you know the way that you were meant to hmm yeah and
0: it brings up for me a couple of things number one was one of your alternative or new definitions of beauty that you gave you gave a few but this one I really loved you said
1: beauty is life force awakened Oof, so true I was like oh that is truth cuz we're a vibration Right, and it's this cultivation. It's it's the it's everything that we do, and it's the environment that we surround ourselves with, and the people that we surround ourselves, and what we put on our body, and what we put in. And so, just to notice, right, if if the actions that we're doing, whether it's conventional, it's ultimately dead product, right? Whether there's toxins, there's preservatives in there, there's heavy metals and plastics, and all of these things that are disrupting everything within us, that continually dim us and make us sick. So this life force is, you know, it's through it's through oxygen and it's through nature and it's through food and it's through thoughts and it's through community and connection and conversation, you know, witnessing and um, other people's beauty and acknowledging it and taking it in when people acknowledge ours, that we start to vibrate on this really, really high level. And we all know the difference days when we feel more beautiful. It's not because of necessarily the makeup that we put on. Maybe that's part of the the thing, the the little bit of the courage or the the sassiness, but it's it's not that when we re- when we're really truthful and look into our eyes and.
0: Yeah, I think that's why that one resonated so much because I've. You know, had my divine intervention and spiritual awakening and then devoted myself to learning, growing, evolving the best that I can every day on that path. And yeah, having been on the awakened path now and walking through all the fires and just facing myself and doing all the things that are involved in truly walking that way, that's how I have felt my most beautiful. Like when I'm sitting at my altar and sending a troll, true unconditional love so that their pain body is not so activated, so that they're not living and moving and operating in the world from a place of that much anger or unresolved emotions within themselves to the point where their only outlet is to try to cancel or hurt others, like truly sending that person genuine love. Like I f- perhaps have never felt more beautiful than that moment. Uh, it all has come from allowing my life force, my true life force to be awakened.
1: Totally. And I think the awareness of that, right? because. Not until we're aware can we actually really cultivate that. And so I just invite everybody who's listening to like really remember like when, when you feel and not when you look, like when you feel the most beautiful, tap into that more. Mm-hmm. Whether it's hiking in nature, whether you're sun gazing and the sun is hitting you or that perfect breeze or you're dancing or you're hugging somebody because beauty, it's really a feeling, you know, it's not. It's a way of being, it's not the doing. And I think people are programmed that to be beautiful, you have to do all of these things. And I'm here to tell you, it's not the truth. (laughs) It's a waste of time, energy, money, life. And so um, really tap into like when you feel beautiful, because that's going to guide you and it's going to be like a, a way. And then just continue to do more of that. And to know that it's just every day we're you know it's 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 not an overnight and we're beautiful because that's it. It's simple. yeah
0: and the uniqueness too this other little thing I want to touch on before we get to the ceremony is when you shared when one's goal is to be beautiful for the masses then that tends to dilute one's own unique beauty in order to be accepted as beautiful and it brought to mind on Netflix I've been watching I think it's called Glow Up or something anyways it's a makeup driven show. I think it's over in the UK and they bring in different uh, makeup artists and they go through different like challenges and ways to express their artistry until like a winner is selected. But one of the women who's involved in the show, one of the makeup artists is she has a really big birthmark on her face and um, she's young, but she was sharing when she first uh, started doing makeup. her It was from the efforting to cover it up and like she was embarrassed and Now I think she's um, got a huge following on TikTok and is a well-known beauty influencer. And now she'll do makeup to like highlight it. She'll put like glitter on the, you know, the out, like on the whole birthmark so that it's like enhanced even more. And she's made a total 180 pivot,
1: which is a perfect example of like beauty is a perspective. It's like, which pair of sunglasses do we want to put in to see our beauty? It's like, Are we going to be, are we going to see it the way that we're told that we should see it? Are we going to choose to see it how we want to? Which is, that's exciting because it really just comes down to a choice at that point. And at any moment, can we change our relationship with it to something that's honoring, honoring us and honoring Mother Earth and honoring what is naturally ours?
0: And so because this is Ceremony Circle, um, I would love to know how uh, for those who do work with makeup, how can they lean in to making the relationship with beauty and/or makeup more of a ceremony or ritual? Like, what are the, some of the things you do? And maybe it's so innate to you, but when you're applying makeup to yourself or someone else, you know, and I've had the honor of experiencing you applying makeup to me, like, yeah, I can feel the infusion of such love and tenderness and gentleness and. Um, yeah. What are some of the tips you give to for yeah. ceremonial? Well,
1: it's a perfect time um, because you're actually probably the only time you're fully in the mirror, unless you're one of those people who are on the subway and you just do mascara on the road and you're not really looking. But it's kind of the one time where you're really fully, you know, in with yourself and reflecting back to yourself. So it's an opportunity to be thoughtful of what you're saying to yourself. Mm. Right. Are you saying sweet, nice words to yourself or you're like, Can't wait to get it on. So just utilizing as as a meditation almost, and an act of self care. Even before you do it, maybe you know, rub your hands together and. You know, using skincare and that's all natural and healing and nourishing. Maybe just putting your hands on your face and feeling the vibration and and just really infusing your 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 this vibration of beauty into your skin even before. But the act of skincare does it too, right? So it's like bringing this vitality and maybe it's massaging your face a little bit more and being present with it and being aware of of why you're doing it and what you're saying and if it's something that doesn't feel good, practicing shifting that so that it is this beautiful act because makeup is not the is not the problem here it's it's how we use it and why we use it and so to really be mindful of why I'm using this and when we're using it you know for ourselves or against ourselves and you know it changes every day so it's more just the awareness of it versus this mindless act of like I got to cover up my face and put on a mask.
0: Love that. Okay. Just letting that drop in as Mm you're sharing. Amazing. So I think that ties in to the incredible ceremonial experience that you're going to guide us in. So I'll let you take it away from
1: here and tell us if, um, there are any instructions that we need. To sure. Do. Yes. It ties right in. The timing was perfect for that. So when I was thinking about this, I know that, you know, you have your guests create ceremony at the end. And I was like, well, I don't normally like lead meditations or any of that, but I really dropped into, you know, really make up as a ceremony. And I think really just every time we are in the mirror, we are in ceremony. With I mean, ourselves. you're connect-
0: like you said, you know, it's the one time you're really looking in your own eyes and looking at your face and the eyes truly are the window to the soul. And, you know, anyone who's ever done soul gazing, eye gazing practices, you know, the face starts to morph and things get real trippy and cosmic. And uh, yeah, if you really, for even just three to five seconds
1: intently look in your own eyes, things get real, real powerful. Yeah. So what an opportunity. So I thought it was a perfect time to do some mirror work with some beauty affirmations that are just reminding us of who we really are. Oh, so, amazing. So, so if anybody's driving, of course pause this part or listen to it and then make sure you go back home and do it. If you're at home and you have the freedom, you know, take a moment and grab a mirror. If you're we, I brought some um, Alice in a, a compact, which if you're feeling less courageous, a compact is good because you can't really see everything. Um, if you're feeling a little bit medium courageous, you know, get a mirror where you see your whole face. And if you're feeling super courageous, take all your clothes off and stand in front of the mirror. Oh
0: yeah, I like that. <laughs> I love being naked. As I'm looking in this compact, I'm seeing I have cacao
1: on my teeth. So no self. I, w- I would have told you. I'm always like looking for <laughs> it's all just the things. A little. I didn't really see that. <laughs> so yeah, and and mirror work is triggering Um, but the more you do it, the more, the easier it gets. And I think it also is like kind of a nice place to really tune into what your level of how you see and feel about yourself, like the truth of it, Uh, because we're not going to be putting on any makeup here. We're going to just be looking. And a trick that I would share is just focus on the eyes, like focus on your eyes, look deep into your soul when you're doing this and notice when your eyes want to flint around and judge, whether it's a wrinkle or a crooked tooth or a pimple or, you know, an, you know, an uneven eyebrow or a melasma or, you know, rosacea or any of the normal things that when we look in the mirror, we, our ego and our eye wants to judge instantly. And so we're going to just say some beautiful affirmations. We're going to say them three times and I'll say it and, you know, Alison, you can follow and after we say it, let's just take a, a second and take a deep breath with it, and really just stay focused on the eye, so that it can it can land in our body. And I've just these are just a few. I don't even know what I'm going to say right now, but a few will come out. And really, whatever resonates with you most, you, know, you can continue to use or share with others. You can also make up your own. There's no there's no rules to that, except for to include "I am" in the in the affirmation or the mantra. So. We're going to take a, take a look in your mirrors right now and just gaze deep into your eyes. Oh, hello, friend. Hi. (laughs) There she is. And just take a moment and uh, just, just to notice the beauty of the eye color and looking deeper within versus the surface of it. Let's start with this one. I am beautiful because I am me.
0: I am beautiful because I am me.
1: I am beautiful because I am me. 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 Deep breath, stay connected. I radiate beauty.
0: I radiate
1: beauty. I radiate beauty.
0: I radiate beauty.
1: I radiate beauty. beauty.
0: I radiate beauty.
1: Beauty is my birthright.
0: Mm. Yes, beauty is my birthright.
1: Beauty is my birthright. Beauty is my birthright. Beauty is my birthright. Beauty is my birthright. Every cell in my body is beautiful.
0: Every cell in my body is beautiful. Every cell in my body
1: is beautiful.
0: Every cell in my body is beautiful. beautiful.
1: Every cell in my body is beautiful.
0: Every cell in my body is beautiful.
1: I feel beautiful in my skin.
0: I feel beautiful
1: in my skin. (sighs) I feel beautiful in my skin.
0: I feel beautiful in my skin. I feel beautiful in my skin. I
1: feel beautiful in my skin. Allison, any that you would like to add in that are coming through? I was just
0: finding, I was trying to find my little silver friend and speak. <laughs> I was speaking that I feel, oh, there she is. Oh, right there, there she, she is. she is
1: shining brightly. Look at her. Look, uh, God's highlights. <laughs> God
0: highlights. Like,
1: I love you, little Or band. antennas.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. I
1: think they're,
0: there she is. Let's what do you see. want to say to her? I'll say, I allow you to shine in all of your glory.
1: Mm. I'm going to repeat that. Ah, silver highlights. I allow you to shine in all your glory. Mm,
0: I allow you to shine in all of your glory.
1: I allow you to shine in all of your
0: glory. I allow you to shine in all of your
1: glory. Mm -hmm. I allow you to shine in all of your glory. I have one more that wants to come through. Mm. The world needs your beauty and your brilliance. The world
0: needs your beauty and your brilliance. Actually, my.
1: That's Mm. what I meant to say. Okay, so I'm going to rephrase that. The world needs my beauty and my brilliance. The world needs my beauty and my brilliance the world needs my
0: beauty and my brilliance the world needs my beauty and my brilliance and so it is and so it is
1: Mm. until we meet again see you later (laughs) <laughs> it's so fun to talk to yourself in the mirror. I'm glad you think it's fun. I think it's quite triggering for for many. Um, I guess I've been doing it for yes. a long time. So if you are feeling yes. comfortable, it can shift to that. Point. Absolutely. And it's just the starting point and just to know. And um, uh, something that helps me um, often is I, I, I've made the screenshot of my phone, the little me. And so anytime I'm mean to me, which I've done over the years, and I know we all have that self-judgmental talk i just look at her and be like i just i'm not going to be mean to her she's so beautiful and precious Mm -hmm. and pure so just because i've lived longer and i've had more war wounds and more life experiences doesn't make me any less beautiful than her if you need a reminder just put a picture up on your altar of your little soul self or in your phone or wherever whatever you need that reminds you of your of your truest um beauty
0: oh wow anything else before we officially close and seal this ceremony circle
1: anything else percolating up Mm -hmm. at all It feels really good it feels really complete just know that i'm here for you and that i see you and that i support you and just keep on this path you're you're exactly where you're supposed to be and just continue to notice the true beauty in the world whether it's with others or in nature and, and know that you're an expression of that beauty. And the more that you notice beauty around you, the more beautiful that you will feel.
0: Thank you to everyone and going on this really unique and wonderful and powerful ceremony circle voyage with Jenna and I, and I'm just, uh, going to seal and close off. I just got the vision of a thousand roses just going all the way around ceremony circle that we are all sitting in together right now and co-creating together. So with the unconditional love and beauty and nourishment, that the rose provides is now complete. And we will sit together next time. I love you all. Woo. What a powerful voyage that was. It is just my greatest honor, it brings me so much joy and activates and lights up my soul to be able to sit with these incredible, embodied, true spiritual masters and leaders from all over the world. I ask that you please, if you feel called, continue to support them and their work and whatever way that feels aligned for you. Please go to my website where all the show notes are listed www.alisoncharles.com. That's www.allysoncharles.com. So that you can access their direct links to their website and social media platforms and additional information about them. And remember what makes ceremony circles so unique is that at the end of every single episode, as you just experienced, we immerse in a powerful ceremony, ritual, invocation, prayer, spiritual song, some sort of activation that the guest feels called to offer on that day. So listen to your intuition. If at any point, Moving forward, you feel called to come back and re immerse in this guided ceremonial experience do so because I guarantee every single time you experience it, you will receive a new medicine transmission, a new awareness, a new awakening aspect within your soul. It has been an honor voyaging with you. Please keep the Ceremony Circle community vibes growing and activating. Find me on Instagram at I am Alison Charles. And let me know how you enjoyed this episode. Let me know how you are creating your own sacred Ceremony Circle space. Tag those in your soul fam who are immersing in the Ceremony Circle episodes and experiences with you. And let's unite in the next episode coming out next week so we can continue to activate the consciousness energies of planet Earth and the universes.